Well, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome. Welcome to our fellowship. Welcome if you're here for the first time. Um, over the next half an hour or so, uh, I want to continue to build on what I was sharing with you last week when it comes to the topic of faith. And I want to talk about this, uh, I guess for a few reasons, I want to keep building on this, this theme, on the topic of faith from James and from one other, other passage, because it is a really significant topic, I think, and sometimes it's good for us to revisit, revisit some things and build on the sorts of things that we've been listening to. For instance, over the last week, I'm hoping that some of you or many of you uh, were able to listen to what I was sharing last week and put into practice the kinds of things that God is, is, was speaking to you about. Hopefully, most of you would remember that the topic of faith was talked about and you're able to use this, use this in your life and in, in your walk, uh, walk with the Lord. So I want to build on this topic of faith this morning. I want to keep building on it and encouraging you to see how God sees this, this area of faith. Because really, at the end of the day, it's quite a, quite a courageous thing to step out in faith. It's quite a, it takes a lot of courage to live in faith. You know, In some ways, it, you could argue it's quite simple to say, you know what, I just do what I've got to do. I just do it the way I want to do it. I just live the way I want to live, you know. Uh, whereas when you're actually needing to step out in faith and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? How is it that you want me to live? The creator of this universe, what is it that you're asking from me? And stepping out and doing things the way that he's asking you to do, even if it doesn't feel always the way you want to do it or maybe the most comfortable, takes a lot of courage. Because even if you're trusting always in your abilities, how long is that going to last for? How helpful is that going to be if you're always saying to yourself, you know what, I've got it, I know what I'm doing, and I can always do it well. I mean, how long for? Is it always going to work? Even if it always works for you, how long is it going to work for? I think one day you're going to realize, I can't do it always on my own. It's not something I can live, I can't live life always on my own. There are going to be things that I'm going to face that are going to be too hard for me. And so faith, God, when he calls us to faith, is obviously God is calling us this because he wants us to live like this, but it takes a lot of courage to step out and say to ourselves, I need someone, I need someone more than myself. And a lot of humility as well. But this kind of faith that God is calling us to, as we're speaking about over the, over the last week as well, it's a kind of faith that has to be led into action. That, that Faith is an active thing. You saw faith that moves into serving the kingdom of God, faith that moves to live out the life of Christ, faith that becomes the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's an active thing. We saw, we listened to things over the last couple of weeks about the work that's being done overseas. Faith leads people to be active. Even though being active doesn't mean you have faith. Faith will always lead you, though, to be active. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you've got faith. Just because you're doing good things doesn't mean you've got faith. But faith will always lead you to be active in the kingdom of God. Faith will always lead us to a place of safety. Faith will always lead us to a place of strength. God is calling us to this. God is calling us to live by faith. We are, by faith, the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so last week... James, the book of James, spoke very clearly that faith must have works. 
Yeah, the hands, the feet of Jesus. Faith must have works. We talked about the man who's able to reach out to those who are unliked. They reach out in care and compassion for these people. Faith must have works. In fact, James, the book of James, goes as far as to tell us that without these works, faith is dead. It's not alive. Even though you call it what you want to call it, but until you step out and live in the faith that God has called us to live, it's actually dead. It's non-existent. Many years ago, growing up, I remember something that was really, really popular was um, people would have bowls of fruit in their house that were plastic. Remember those? They were plastic fruits. Plastic banana, plastic apple, plastic... And they put them into a bowl. Now, you look at that bowl of fruit. Do you say that's fruits? Is it fruits? No, it's not fruit. It looks like fruit, but it's not fruit. You're not going to eat it. It's not going to give you nourishment. It's not going to help you in life. It's not the fruit the way the fruit's designed to be. You can look like something. It can be something. It can appear to be something. But unless it's the real thing, it's not the thing itself. Faith without works is dead. You can say, you can talk about faith as much as you want, but unless it's doing what God wants it to do, it is dead. Look at this. I'll show you something visually this morning. What's that? Is that fruit? Look at that. Dried up banana. That's all right. It doesn't smell. Now, tricky question. Is that fruit? Is it? Does it do what it's meant to do? Is it going to give me what I need? Am I going to be able to eat it? You know? What is it? What is it? At the end of the day, faith, without doing what it has to do, is dead. It can appear to be something, it can call itself something, you can call it as much as you want, something, but unless it's being what it needs to be, then the Bible refers to it as dead. It's like I said to you last week about the illustration of the man who had the rowboat. Yep, and on one of his paddles, he had the word faith, and the other paddle, he had the word works. Yeah, and someone asked him what that was all about. So he put one paddle down, and he'd row with faith, and he'd just go round and round in circles. Then he put that one down and he'd row with works and he'd go round and round in circles. And unless he used both, there was no direction. Faith and works live together. They coexist. And we as Christians understand that this is the expectation of God in our lives. God is expecting us to live by faith, a faith that actually works. So I'm going to ask you this morning, again as I asked you last week, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Does it need changing? Does it need help? Does it need God's hand to work and intervene in your life? Because the very thing that God is calling us to is a faith that is active and alive, the hands and feet of Jesus, that is working the way God wants you to work. Because you cannot find rest in saying to yourself, I believe. Because we said last week that the Bible says in the book of James that even the devils believe, but they tremble. So when I read that, I think to myself, Lord, you want me to do something far greater than just say I've got faith. You want me to do something far greater than just say I believe. You want me to do something far greater than present and tick off boxes that say this is what faith looks like. You want me to be active. You want me to live out a faith that works. Works must be part of this faith. And interestingly, it's what builds my faith. It's what builds my faith. 
Here's a very simple thing hopefully I can help you to remember this morning. We have to let God show himself to be God. We have to allow God to show himself that he is God. You have to live life in a way that allows God, that allows God to show you that he is God, that he's able to do what he says he can do. Let me give you an example. If you're always waiting for something to happen, for you to say, oh, I believe, where's your faith? If you're always waiting to see something practically to say, I believe, then that's not faith. What faith does, it steps into a situation where you can't see and you say, God, I believe. That's what faith does. If you're waiting, for example, if you're waiting for the temptation to get easier and then I'm going to have faith, that's not faith. When a temptation doesn't get easier and you step into that situation and say, Lord, I believe this will be overcome, then that's faith when you don't see it. When you're waiting for a trial to get easier, and then you're going to say, I'm going to have faith. That's not faith. It's faith when you step into a trial, when you can't see how it's going to get easier, when you think to yourself, how in the world is this going to get better? In fact, I can only see it getting worse. It's faith that says, Lord, I'll step into this. I believe. I believe who you are, what you've said to me, and I will stand upon everything you've promised me. That is faith. That is faith that works. That is the hand and the feet of Jesus. If you're waiting for a nagging child to stop, if you're waiting for a difficult colleague to get better, if you're waiting for your finances to improve, and then you say, I've got faith, that's not faith. Faith says, while my child is nagging, while my colleague is difficult, or my family member is difficult, or while my finances are not very good, I believe. And you step into that situation, this is what happens. God then, you allow God to show himself faithful. And when he shows himself faithful, your faith is strengthened. And you say, Lord, I knew, I believed, and you did. And so God strengthens your faith, and herein, beloved, is the way you build your faith. So James says, you must have faith. You must have faith, the faith that God wants us to have. We practice our faith and we allow God to show himself faithful and our faith is strengthened. So I want to go back and look at a passage from James and then I want to quickly go over to Hebrews and show you a passage in Hebrews that uh, encourages us when it comes to faith. So let's go back to the book of James chapter 1. And uh, have a read at at two or three verses in this chapter. Uh, Chapter chapter 1, and we saw it last week, just after the book of Hebrews. And from verse 19, chapter 1 and verse 19. The Bible says, So then, my beloved brethren... Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, here's a very simple principle. Very, very simple principle James is telling us. If you want to live life well, be the sort of person who does this. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to wrath. 
Be someone who listens more, speaks less, and gets angry less, or slow to speaking and slow and slow to rap. Now, this is a very general principle. I, I think we can live life like this. People, this is a good thing that we can imply in life, apply to life. I think, in fact, I think a lot of people would do themselves well if they applied this to their life. I think a lot of people would do very well if they thought to themselves, should I listen more? I think a lot of relationships would actually be better off if one or both partners said to themselves, should I listen more? Should I maybe talk less sometimes? Should I stop getting angry? This is a very simple principle that if we applied it in our lives, we'd see a lot of things improve in our lives. Relationships at work, relationships at home, friendships. Being quick to listen and slow to speak. How many of us just want to jump into a situation and solve everything? Someone's trying to share their heart with us. Oh, I know your answer. Listen to the heart of the man or the woman. Listen to them. (laughs) Often people don't really disclose the depth of their issue until you give them time to speak. Listen to them. Don't be quick all of a sudden. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know that. What are they really trying to say? Be slow to be the heart, the hands, the feet of Jesus, be the ears of Jesus, and listen carefully to what they have to say and show the compassion of Christ upon those who need compassion and the firmness of Christ upon those who need firmness. This is where it's a very simple principle that we would live well if we did this. But I tell you what, in my experience in life, it takes faith. Because, boy, everything in me wants to just go, this is what I think. But it takes faith to be able to say, Lord, I'll do it your way. I'll do it your way. I just want to listen. Be slow to speak. Slow to anger. I just want to do things the way you want to do it. Because I know if I get angry, this does not produce the righteousness of God. And even if I try and win my battle through arguing and anger, I'm not going to see the righteousness of God. I might see myself uh, applauded, but I'm not going to see the righteousness of God. This takes faith. This is the action of faith. To be able to put ourselves, get ourselves off their high horse and be able to say, you know what? It's time for me to humble myself and listen. Very simple. Isn't that a beautiful thing if a Christian can continue to do this every day of their life? And then he goes on to say, verse 21. He says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive the meekness, of the, the meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. And we talked about this last week, verse 22. And be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Listen, beloved. When we come to the Word of God, if you're a Christian, and if you want to live the way God wants you to live, when you come to the Word of God, what happens is this. You come and you observe and you listen, and by faith you go and do what God is asking you to do because it is active. It is becoming the hands and feet of Jesus. If you sit there and you think, oh, this is lovely, and then you go to come back next Sunday, oh, what was that all about last week? And you've forgotten everything. Where, where is the action? Matthew Henry, one of the one of, uh, Christian uh, commentators, said this, If you listen to a sermon every day and it was preached by an angel, it would do nothing for you if all you did was listen and did nothing for about it. Okay? It doesn't matter who's preaching it. It doesn't matter how many times you sit under a sermon. 
God is calling us to active faith. So, J- so James describes a man like this. You go to yourself in a mirror. Imagine yourself in the morning. You go to yourself in a mirror, and you see there's a bit of stuff in your eye there, something in your nose, and something in your teeth. Do you leave it? Or do you clean yourself up? Do you say, oh, I better get this out of my eye, I better clean my nose, I better clean my teeth? How many people look in the mirror and themselves in the morning, see all these blemishes and say, woohoo, I look great, I'm going out for the day? Or how many people look at all these blemishes in their face and say, I better fix this before I head off to work or school? James says, if you look in yourself in the mirror and God reveals the things that have to change and then you walk away and do nothing about it, you're a foolish man. Don't be hearers of the word, but be doers. Because no one looks themselves in a mirror and says, oh, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with this thing in my nose. I'll just leave it. But cleans up what has to be cleansed and goes off and lives life the way God has called them to. Faith, beloved, does not ignore what it listens to. It allows the word of God to mould their life. It allows the word of God to mould you, just like the potter moulds the clay. That's why when we come to the word of God, it takes faith to look at the word and to say to yourself, if God is asking me to do this, then it can be done. Do you hear that? If God is asking me to do this, then it can be done. I said to you last week that your only limitation is the will of God. It's the will of God. That you're not limited by your knowledge and you're certainly not limited by how long you've been a Christian. If God is calling you and God's revealed something to you and God's shown you something in his word, listen more, love more, forgive more, uh, uh, be compassionate more, uh, uh, resist this more, uh, stop lying, stop swearing, stop looking at the things you should... If, God, if God's revealed these things, then it can be done. Because no temptation is greater than the will of God. Sin, all sin, can be overcome by the power of God. Even age is not a limitation. Do you know that? I believe you can be very young and be miles ahead of faith than someone who's been in the church for 40 years. You can be a teenager and you can be miles ahead in faith than someone who's been reading their Bibles for 50 years because age is not a limitation. What it is is when someone steps out in faith and says, Lord, here I am, use me. Here I am, I'm yours. And I get so encouraged in this church. My heart gets so encouraged when I see young people in our fellowship who just love Jesus. Because you know why? Because there's so much around in this world that wants to say to them, you're foolish, get rid of it, stop it, what are you doing? It's this, it's that. And they stand firm for the Lord. In a very impressionable age, they are making a decision to say, you know what, it's God's way or it's no way. So faith isn't limited by these things. And James is asking us and reminding us and encouraging us that this is what we need to do. Faith has to have work. Because, beloved, God is the one that's working. How many times have I said this to us? It's not about you. It's not about me. God is working. Even though the Bible says we are the apple of his eye, in other words, we are the most precious thing in his sights, 
It's not, it's not about us. What we can be sure of, beloved, is this. We can be sure of, we can be confident of two things, that God is at work and he's calling us to step out in faith, to build our faith. Yeah, God is at work. He's doing everything of his will and of his good pleasure to do what he has to do in us. And he's asking us to step out in faith and practice this faith that he can show himself faithful and build the very things that you and I desire to be. You can be confident. You can be absolutely confident that God is at work. And you can be absolutely confident that our faith needs to be practiced. I've got a bit of a spoiler alert for most people here this morning, but brothers and sisters, our faith must be tested. Your faith will be tested. Because what it will do, it will give you an opportunity to step in in faith and allow God to show himself that he's God. And your faith will be strengthened. Now, do you want to be tested? Oh, no way. Sometimes you want to run. That's the furthest thing, that's just the last thing that you want. You want to run as far as you can from being tested. But the truth is, beloved, our faith must be tested. God was testing his people all throughout the scriptures. And sometimes I read the scriptures and I think, oh, God, did you need to test them here? Like, was it necessary to test them here? Poor guys are in the wilderness. They're struggling. They're suffering in the wilderness. And you've tested them again? But he knows what he's doing. And God will test his people because he must strengthen their faith. He, must, he wants to build their faith. In fact, not just he wants to build their faith. You want him to build your faith. That's what you pray, don't you? And God is doing this so he's glorified and your faith is strengthened. So I want to quickly just, I want to, I want to show you one other passage in the scripture. So go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is a beautiful chapter because what it does, it actually, um, it actually goes through a whole range of people that had faith. And if you want to read a chapter that um, gives you testimony after testimony of people that had faith, Hebrews chapter 11 is a really good chapter. You'll read a number of people that did really well and also who suffered for their faith, but they all had faith. They all had faith. And when we trust in the fact that it's God doing the work, then we're able to see God move in our lives. It's one of the reasons why I believe Christians get stuck. They get stuck because they do this. They see the circumstance. They see perhaps what's happened in the past. They recall the amount of times they've tried before and they say to themselves something like this, it doesn't work, I can't do it. And they aren't able to step out in faith again and believe God who promises all things to them is the same God today and every day. See, faith doesn't change. Faith doesn't change and the power of faith doesn't change. When I see our young people, for example, I see in them something about what I saw in ourselves when we were young. Same faith, same fervor, same enthusiasm to get out and do the things of God. Faith doesn't change. And God is working working in the hearts of men and women to establish this faith. Hebrews talks about this. There's so much in Hebrews that talks about, in this chapter, that talks about this kind, this kind of faith. But let's just read a couple of, a few verses. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. 
By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So God didn't need visible things to create things. God spoke and the world was made. And we believe that by faith. But what he says in verse 1 is very interesting. He says it becomes the substance of things hoped for and it's the evidence of things that you don't see. Because what God knows, we live in a place where you don't see everything and you can't see everything straight away. You can't see how the temptation is going to stop. You can't see how the trial is going to end. You can't see how your nagging child is going to get better or your difficult colleague is going to turn the corner. You can't see that. So faith becomes the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Have you ever faced, and I'm sure you have, have you ever faced a situation of faith, tested, your faith has been tested to the point where you think to yourself, Lord, what is going on and how in the world am I going to get out of this? If you haven't, it's like, it's like maybe, dare I say, God's been gracious to you for now. But in a situation where you think, God, how, how, how do I understand what's happening to me and how in the world do I get out of this? How, how, where, where is the end to this? I can't even make sense of it. I can't even imagine what the end could look like. Do you have to see everything, beloved? Do you have to see everything to believe? Listen, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. Do you remember the woman at the well that Jesus spoke to? Listen to what she said to Jesus. Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I want you to imagine this woman. She's come in the heat of the day because all the other women probably have have, um, rejected her. She's come in the heat of the day and she's wanting to get water from the well and Jesus says, you know what, if you ask me, I'll give you living water. She looks at Jesus and thinks, what have you got on you to give me living water? What are you carrying? So she says this to him. She says, um, uh, the woman said to him, Sir, you've got nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water from? For her, she couldn't see it. She couldn't see what Jesus was talking about. She couldn't, what she was looking for was a bucket and a long rope. What she's looking for is something that is going to practically resolve the issue. She couldn't see what Jesus was saying to her. And Jesus was simply saying to her, if you believe, I'll give you what you really, really need. The deep desire of your heart, the thing that's going to build your faith. I'll give you living water that doesn't need a bucket, doesn't need a rope, but most importantly, doesn't need for you to see how I'm going to do it. This is faith. Oh, Lord, give me that living water. Give me that living water. When Moses took the people of Israel out of Egypt and they stood by the sea, listen carefully, they stood by the Red Sea and here they were being very feeble slaves at the, at the Red Sea and here they had the army of Egypt following them from behind and they thought to themselves, we're gone. We've got the sea ahead of us and we've got the army behind us. We are dead. Okay? All they looked at was what they saw. Moses stood up and said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Did Moses have to see the sea part? You like that? Moses like have to see the sea part? No. He didn't have to see it part. 
But stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because you don't need to see it all. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. When we're tested in a way, when we've been tested in a way where we can't see what the answer is, then sometimes the only thing, or often in my experience, the only thing that remains is faith. And when faith is practiced, then faith is built on that. So do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to allow God to show you that he's God? I'll just finish with this. Look at verse 6. So without faith, verse 6 tells us, without faith it is impossible to please him. There you go. Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you have faith, you've got to believe that God is and that he will reward those who diligently seek him. But Barry, I don't see how he's going to do that. I don't understand how it's going to happen. All I can think about is how it's going to get worse. All I can think about is all the attempts I've made in the past. All, the time, all, the, all I can think about is all the amount of times I've failed. And all I can think about, and, all, and on and on and on and on it goes. And, and, and it's like the scripture is saying, stop. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what you're trusting in is not your abilities. You're trusting in the living God who called you from darkness to light so that he can demonstrate himself glorious and powerful in your life. And he will do that for those who live in faith. Oh, Are you going to get the outcome you want? I'm not telling you. God isn't a... Uh, a magic wand. He's not a genie. I'm not telling you you're going to get what you want. What I'm saying is you live by faith. God will produce the things that needs for you to strengthen your faith and build this faith of yours. So the practical example the writer gives here is Noah, verse 7. By faith Noah being divinely warned. Oh, listen. Look at what it says here. By faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet Seen. Moved with godly fear. That's the practice, yeah? That's the practice of faith. Moved with godly fear. When you know God is God, you're man, so you're going to trust God above what you think and put God in practice and put his word in practice. He was moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness which, which is according to faith. So Noah is getting his planks of wood and he's building an ark when there is no rain. How do you figure that out? At that time, only a mist would rise from the ground and water the earth, and there was no rain. How is the world going to get flooded? But you know what? God told me this. I can't see it. I'll step into it, and I'll build the ark. I'll do what God wants me to do. I'll be obedient and faithful. I'll be the hands and feet of Jesus. And he became the heir of righteousness. He stepped out, and he lived by faith, even though he could not see He probably couldn't even comprehend what rain was. He moved in faith. Beloved, you will not see everything, but you will move in faith. And when you do that, faith will be built. Because you know what, beloved? It's not faith rises above your preferences. Because faith will look odd. If all you go by is what you prefer, faith is going to look very odd. 
When you trust God above what you prefer, sometimes that looks very odd to people. Do you understand that? It's like when God's people were asked to walk around Jericho, the walls of Jericho, which were really thick that even chariots would ride on top. And God asked them to walk around Jericho and then stop, then do it again and stop and do it again and stop for six days. But on the seventh day, walk around seven times and then guess what? Blow your bomb. No, it wasn't that. It was shout. Now, could you imagine trying to explain that to someone? I tell you, this is God's strategy, guys. This is God's strategy for taking Jericho. We're going to walk around this wall and then we're going to shout. Really? You must be crazy. Because faith, when it's not based on what you prefer, faith can look odd to people. You rise above that. And what happens is this. You exercise faith and God reveals himself to you. Those walls came down and their faith is strengthened. It's like sometimes, on a very, very simple example, it's like sometimes when I go to a shop and, uh, and someone gives me more change, often my response is, oh, how sorry, it's too much change, get back to you. Or when someone doesn't charge me what they should have charged me, I say, oh, no, it should be more than that. And they look, oh, thank you, you know. Because faith looks odd. Because what it is, it's stepping in. And my faith is, if you do this, God never lets you down. God always provides your needs because you're stepping in faith. It's like when you... When you're honest, listen, it's like financially, because I know financially sometimes it affects people, it's like when you're honest about an insurance claim knowing you're going to lose thousands because of it. You get that? This is faith. You think, but, if, but all, all I've got to say is this. If I, just one word, and I'm going to save myself $3,000, $2,000. But you don't, because faith rises above that. Faith isn't about preferences. Faith is stepping into the will of God. Faith is doing what has to be done so God is glorified and your faith is strengthened. You become the hands and feet of Jesus and you ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Well, he would write what is true and honest. He would love with a love that never fails. He would be patient with someone who is nagging. He would pray for the difficult one and hope that he has an opportunity to show them love. He would trust when the circumstances around him seem to be letting him down because he's stepping in faith, walking in faith. The Father has got his back. So Paul says this, very simply, I'll finish with this. Fight the good fight of what? Faith. God's got this. You can do it your way. You can find assurance in your method. How long is it going to last? How effective is it going to be? You can argue your way through a problem, but how effective is going to be the solution? How long-term will be that solution? When I say argue, for sure there's conflict, but I'll talk about when you come to start to yelling and fighting and gabbing your way. That's different. We all have conflict we have to resolve. But doing it God's way. Quick to listen, maybe. Slow to speak, maybe. We trust in the word of God and we fight the good fight of faith. We step in in faith and we trust God to show himself faithful. Amen? Let me pray for us. Let's pray as a church. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you see all things before we even see them. You know all things before we even see them. You've determined all things before we even see them. And you are faithful in all things. 
And we thank you, Lord God, for the many ways that you've shown over the years how you are a faithful God. And we come humbly before you, Lord, because we don't understand everything. But we know this one thing, that you call us to walk by faith. And in faithfulness and obedience to you, we step out in faith, Lord, and we trust in the living God who loves us, who cares for us, and can overcome all things in us. So, Father, we bring it all before you, Lord. All our failures, all our, all our ways we feel we're not able to, uh, all our inadequacies, all our doubts, all our lack of knowledge, whatever it is, we bring it all before you, Lord, and we look up to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords, and we say, Lord, we have faith. We trust you. And we trust and wait for you, Lord God, to continue to show yourself strong and mighty in all that is happening. So, Father, thank you for this place. Thank you for this church. Continue to strengthen your people. Thank you for those who are here this morning. Build their faith, Lord, as they practice their faith in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. is being sure of all that I hope for and certain of all we cannot see by faith we understand that the universe was formed under God's command and I know For a life surrendered to 
But it's only when I walk in your light, Lord, I can feel the warmth of the sun. But you're calling me something amazing. you 